0: hey comic book fans pete here with my good friend brian mr coors hair it feels like a lifetime since the last time i saw you
1: yeah i i i dragged my heels immensely on uh finishing paper curls unfortunately so it just took me forever to finish it
0: <laughs> yeah well you know it's kind of tough doing these reviews and stuff when you have kids and you have a, you know a job and everything like that and when you try to cram in eight episodes of a show it just it's like where do you fit it in
1: yeah, it also didn't help that um, uh, I, I joined on your, your Predator call on the, the Lasser cast. And, oh, yes. Uh, and I watched, like, four Predator movies. Oh,
2: you my know? God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's awesome, man. I think Danny's rubbing off on you because he just did a little plug for the Lasser cast. We just covered Prey over there. Brian came over to that channel. But for today, Brian and I are covering um the very first episode of She-Hulk Attorney at Law the eighth MCU show and then we are going to cover the remaining four episodes of Paper Girls 5 through 8 which uh we didn't cover last time. So um I am excited right off the bat uh I think that She-Hulk is do you think it's maybe the most controversial of the MCU shows so far?
1: Um you know I I only watched the episode about maybe an hour and a half ago so i haven't read any controversy yet
0: okay i um, think that just like leading up to it there's been like
1: oh, so yeah, much yeah I remember, I remember reading rumors that like you know oh when when is the mcu tv train gonna fail like horribly and then said oh one of these next show uh, upcoming shows is gonna be rough and a lot of people said it was she hulk yeah uh, there was a lot of discussion about the cgi uh when that first trailer dropped uh, I personally think it has improved since then, um, but you know, we'll you know, we'll, we'll we'll discuss all this.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so one thing we should point out, in case you guys can't tell, we are middle aged men, and uh, <laughs> and we love comic books. And it just seems like a lot of middle aged men get really bent out of shape about these like female focused comic book shows. And I, they were already – mad to begin with because the show had a female um showrunner which a couple of these mcu shows already have uh but this is jessica Gao. do you know anything about her prior to the yeah, show
1: um I, I i i read what you wrote about it thankfully but I, I did recognize that name i knew it from somewhere and i think it's probably mostly from rick and morty yeah it's actually um i believe season as she were part of season three uh you mentioned i think that that's one of the more controversial seasons i believe Um, And I think it's because they had a lot of women in in the writer's room in that season. Um, A lot lot of the fans didn't take, take well to that, which i um, I I do like season three. Um, I maybe have, uh, I I maybe do think pickle Rick is a little overrated because I think people went a little too nuts with that, but Mm -hmm. it's still a good episode overall. Yes.
0: Yes. I, you know, honestly, I feel the exact same way about that episode too. And I like, I like pretty much all the seasons of uh, Rick and Morty as well, but it's just this thing that, whenever you come on YouTube, whenever you go on Twitter, you know, pretty much Twitter, you're kind of in your own um, echo chamber. Right. And so you're just seeing what people that think like you think, but they often will take the complaints and stuff that people have about shows like this. And they'll be like, look at these guys and what they're saying. And um, I think that just like the, the criticism, I think they just automatically have it. It's just like a knee jerk reaction. Like, Oh, it's a female character oh, it's about women. It's like, I'm going to be upset. And the thing is, I I don't want to just discredit any kind of criticism because I want to be the opposite of those guys. I I do kind of want to criticize this show because honestly, I I, I wasn't very impressed with this first episode. What what about you, my man?
1: I have the exact opposite opinion. (laughs) Oh, shit! I actually love this episode. I am very happy with it so far and I think I felt I actually said uh, the sentence. I felt this episode came out of the, the, the gate swinging. Um, Whoa,
0: okay, 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 this is,
1: okay. This has is, this is, this is, this is happened a lot more lately that we're like totally disagreeing, I have opposite opinions on things lately.
0: Yeah, I, you know, honestly, sometimes I, I always wonder, I'm like, oh, am I just being like real, like PC and real? Like, I'm just watching what I'm saying because I want to be as like broad as possible. I, I don't like, I'm, I'm absolutely not misogynistic and I, I don't have any of these kind of like, oh, comics should be for men kind of bullshit like that. But I do kind of feel like there are certain trends I, I, I'm getting a little worried about. Like with this show, for example, let's just get right into the fucking controversy right off the bat. Like, uh, so spoilers for She-Hulk, the first episode. I, you know, I have heard criticisms where it's like you take a legacy character that made the franchise what it is. And then you bring in a new character that's a female character and, um, or, you know, or a diverse character. And essentially they like, you know, outdo the original character. The, the original character has faults and stuff. And um, the new character is like their superior. And it's like, um, you know, like Ray in Star Wars, for instance, like the, one of the things is that they say that, like Ray is this amazing character. She's super skilled, she so can do all these different things. And then like Luke. We have to, like, tarnish Luke's legacy, and then it makes Ray look better, right? And I think that something like that's kind of happening in this episode. I think that, like, the Hulk is, has, like, he started out very scary in the MCU, and now he's kind of become a, a joke by this point, but it has nothing to do with She-Hulk. It, go ahead. I
1: wouldn't say the Hulk has become a joke, but he's definitely leaned more into a comedic, being a comedic character.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that, like, Thor Ragnarok really shook things up for the MCU in general. Like, yeah. I think that, like, Thor became much more of a comedic character, and I think the Hulk became much more of a comedic character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, um, like, do you agree with me in the sense that when we first met him, it was this idea of, like, oh my god, he's like a fucking bomb, and we gotta be like, we're scared of him, because if we trigger Bruce Banner, he could kill a whole bunch of people.
1: Yeah, that that is very true, but there was a movie dedicated to that. That was like that in in two Avengers movies, right? And, uh, and to an extent, was it like that in Thor as well? Thor Edner, I mean, he became more comedic, but he was still he was still um, you know he was Hulk for two plus years or something like that. You know, um, I, I guess at this point here, um, you know, we're seeing all we've seen more recently since Endgame is the smart Hulk version. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it is something different. It is something involved with the character. It's something you know that happened in the comics. You know, Professor Hulk. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not people's favorite type. I mean, I, I do agree. I always did like like Hulk. That you know the the whole Jekyll and Hyde anger trigger kind of thing. It's always it, it's it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, a monster inside a man. Um, and all that. But mm-hmm. you know what? I don't have a problem with Smart Hulk. I actually. I actually really don't like Mark Ruffalo very much. Oh, I really? I don't think he's a very great actor or anything like that. He's fine. He's totally serviceable. Not like a huge, huge fan or anything like that. Yeah. Um, like, like, I wouldn't, like, see him. Like, if he was in a movie, I'm like, oh, I want to go see this Mark Ruffalo movie, you know? Right, Which right. Which I wouldn't see about a lot of the other people that have played Avengers and, and things like that. Like, I, I would say that. Interesting. And I, I don't want to, like, make it seem like I hate Mark Ruffalo or, I, you know, but... Um, i'm not i'm not a huge huge fan okay but i, did, I did like him in this episode i mean i, I think the I, I think the comedy worked here i, I think the back and forth between uh, hulk and jen worked really well i think uh tatiana maslany is fantastic absolutely fantastic so far um and i can tell that you're gonna say the opposite or something different
0: <laughs> um okay so unlike your feelings for mark ruffalo i i like mark ruffalo absolutely and I think that maybe – have you seen, like, a lot of his just, like, dramatic movies where he's not an Avenger or anything like that?
1: Um, I've seen some things, I, I would say. I, I, I'm not going to say I've seen all his movies. Um, I yeah. I guess prior to the Avengers, I guess he was, you know, probably most known for, you know, like, rom-coms. Um, sort of. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well –
1: I don't know he, if I've seen, a, like, a dramatic movie, though, with him in it, necessarily. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, he's in Collateral, and he's almost, like, unrecognizable in that movie. And then he's, like, he's in um that movie Spotlight. That Spotlight. was, like, with Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one like, Best Picture. Like, like he's in a lot of these, like, indie movies. And when he's, like, serious, he's really good. He was in that movie Foxcatcher with Steve Carell where he had, like, the fake nose. It was, yeah. But anyway. That. Okay, yeah. I, I, actually,
1: I think. It, oh, there's another guy I actually don't really, I don't really like that much, either.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah steve carell picks some weird movies um but i like him though but anyway tatiana Mas- maslany um I, i've only seen her in like maybe one or two things i haven't seen much of orphan black but i have seen um uh perry mason and she was in that i thought she was really good in the hbo perry mason right yeah. and so like i know that she is a good actress and i think that like with orphan black she played like all different characters on that one show um yeah. I think though that what she's working with is a detriment to her. I think that like the script itself, it, it just kind of feels like it's like I don't know. I just feel like it like it just needs like another pass or something like that. Like they they just need to kind of tighten a few things or like I would make some changes because I felt like they were going for like low-hanging fruit with some of the stuff and i think that like one example i can kind of give is the the scene that starts off the show where they're they're driving in the car i mean that's not the very first scene but like when they do the flashback like and they're talking about steve rogers as a virgin and to me it's like okay so the joke is that steve rogers is a virgin the the way that it's delivered it's not really like a joke really it's just they're sort of talking about something kind of controversial because they're talking about captain america's sexuality but it's so like vanilla to begin with the way they're talking about it. I it just, it's like, who cares? Why, why are you obsessed with Captain America's virginity?
1: Um, I, I, I can kind of, I, I can kind of see this from an angle where I, I actually did like the joke. I thought it was funny. I thought the end credit was funny. I know you disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I, I can kind of see this from an angle where it's like, Oh, you know, don't make fun of somebody being a virgin, whatever. I, I, I totally see that. But on the other hand, it's it's like a little logic puzzle. It's a famous person, people are obsessed with celebrities in this world. Superheroes are celebrities, probably even higher level than celebrities. People right. want to speculate. they want to gossip about it. I get it. It's a little low-hanging fruit, I suppose. Yes. I yeah. did think it was funny. I okay. think Chris Chris Evans thought it was funny. He responded, he posted on Twitter with a bunch of emojis and he with hashtag she hulk. So um, Okay. I, I think if Chris Chris Evans is cool with it, I think I think everybody should be cool with it.
0: well i do like chris evans i like his presence on twitter that's for sure um okay so like all right so you like the joke that's fine but then like the other thing i feel is like low-hanging fruit is that pretty much like every man on the show is bad like the hulk he kind of gets a pass but even the hulk is kind of like a buffoon you know, we'll, we'll go into that in a couple of minutes. But the men that we see on the show is there's another lawyer at Jennifer Walters law firm in the very beginning. And he's like condescending as hell to her. Then after she's in that car accident, she goes into a bathroom and there's all these women that like help kind of get her cleaned up and stuff. and They put makeup on her and they give her a coat. They're all very giving and caring. And then she goes outside and like men immediately begin hitting on her. And it like... It's just like I—that's I, one other trend. Like I was talking about trends before. I don't like the trend where it's like, well, we're going to make all men look bad and and make all women look good. I, I you know, of absolutely a thousand percent, women are harassed by men constantly. It's totally unfair. It's biased. However, th- there's good men too, right? And like I don't ever act like that towards women, you know. And like, I don't know. That just bothered me that the, all the men in the episode. Seemed pretty flawed.
1: Where where I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna attack this from, from a way I'm I'm hoping you're not gonna expect here. Oh, those um those characters quote unquote were on the screen for maybe thirty seconds. Right. I don't. I wouldn't consider them characters in this episode necessarily. They are maybe the lawyer guy. He may show up uh, again at some point. He'll have some more lines, but other than that, um, I I would say that this show had three characters in it. It had um, her friend and then she Hulk and then Hulk. That's, that was, Oh, I guess Titania too. Okay. This were four characters. Um, I think that while what you said could possibly be true. And, but I think that one episode is way too early to call it. And there's way too little scene of those way too little of those in those examples to make a judgment call on that so far.
0: You know, that, that's actually a really good point. I mean, they're almost, like, not even,
1: like, characters. They're just, like, plot devices,
0: right? Yeah. Exactly. It's just, like, yeah. R- like, you know, you have to trigger her anger. But it's, like, couldn't couldn't a woman have angered her? Or, like, you know, couldn't a man have helped her? And You know, it's just – I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. Well, I mean, we'll see as the show progresses, obviously. Yeah. Um. But so then I did want to talk about Hulk himself. And I was going to ask you, just going back to what we were talking about before – is is there a particular version of the Hulk that you like the best?
1: Oh, it's a Mortal Hulk. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. The, uh, just the, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't watch anywhere near as much horror or know as anywhere near as much as you do. Um, but the whole body horror angle they took with that to me is just like amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I also would do kind of like the classic Hulk version. Um, I, I, I definitely would not say that Professor Hulk is up there in any capacity. Right. Uh, but I don't mind it in this scenario. It's something different. Characters do have to change. It is something that he went through in the comics. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we're never going to see a, uh, a Joe fix it here. Mm. Uh, but um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he does go back to uh, a little more rage monstery uh, sometime in the future.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I I absolutely love Immortal Hulk, too. I love that Al Ewing comic so much. Like, um, I think that, you know, Hulk works best when he's, like, a scary monster. And, and, you know, I always say, like, I never think of Hulk as one of my favorite Marvel characters. I don't think of him in my top ten. And yet, I've read so many Hulk comics. Like, I think I've read, like, every Hulk comic that's come out, like, the past 20 years or so or more. And um, I, I, I I guess I like him. I just don't even realize it. And... I, this this Mark Ruffalo version, I always wonder like why they went that route in Endgame, like why they made him be this professor character in the first place.
1: Um, I I think they were just playing off of the, um, well, there's two reasons actually that I think explains it. One, they're playing off of the established bond, science bros bond that he has with Tony, which was needed because a lot of the other science based characters were are blipped and yeah. two they needed to explain uh, uh the, what happened and they need they needed him to have a brain and because they and they needed to, to counteract what happened with thor or rather where he was Hulk for two years
0: i see okay okay that, all right I'll, I'll accept that i like that <laughs> well i think like with the mortal hulk like i um i was thinking about this too i had to consult my notes but i think with she hulk's actual like transformation the idea is that like He has this like radioactive blood because he's the Hulk. And like, if he was to bleed on anybody, they would turn into a monster. Do do you think that that's the case?
1: I don't agree. I think they said otherwise here. I I think they said that um, if he he bled on somebody, they would probably die of some kind of some in some horrible fashion. And it's only because of some weird combination of their family genetics that they're able to process the gamma.
0: Okay. Right. 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 That's the whole idea is that like their family has a special thing that can process the gamma radiation. So you think that if someone got it, they would most likely die.
1: Or, or something, something less um, photogenic would happen.
0: Right. 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 That's what I was thinking. Cause like when you go all the way back to the, the uh, incredible Hulk, which I think came out in like
1: 2008.
0: Yes. You know, with um, Edward Norton. There's two scenes like uh, the abomination is basically because they have Hulk's blood, they're able to make uh, you know, Tim Roth into abomination, and then uh, the guy that becomes the leader they spill some like blood samples onto his head, and then his head starts bubbling to become the leader, you know? Yeah, and so I, I feel like that might be the closest the MCU will ever get to like an immortal Hulk is the idea of like Bruce's blood could like mutate people, but don't you think that by Bruce? And, and uh, Jennifer, having this ability to sort of process the gamma, it kind of makes them special. And do you think that that almost might suggest that they're mutants
1: too? Uh, yeah, after Mr. Marvel, yes. I, I don't like that at all.
0: Right, right. Oh, no way. No way. I do not like that either.
1: Um, keep my mutants as my mutants.
0: Yes. 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 Thank you, guys. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page at least for that.
1: Kevin Feige, don't mess up X-Men, please. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Please don't make everyone a mutant. Like, don't make everyone has yeah, a power.
1: everyone's not a mutant. A mutant. Yes. Just, just yeah. Stick with the mutants. Totally yeah. cool. if you want to go with Laura over Logan, whatever. But keep them. Keep the. Give me just X-Men characters. Existing right. X-Men characters.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I was gonna say that, like. They they reference uh, Sakaar too, right? Because they have the ship that comes down. Do you think that that might be like they're setting up something for like later down the road?
1: Um, yeah. So I, I mean, this is one of the things here is that you know Hulk is one of the longest standing characters left around in the MCU. Yeah. Um, I think that they're you know they, they've kind of set up a lot of you know Endgame especially too uh, a lot of kind of like sunset movies. You could say Hawkeye was kind of like a sunset for clint um i think that they're, they're gonna have to do something uh with with bruce to kind of send him off because I, I don't think he's gonna want to stick around forever yeah I, and the only thing i can think of because they kind of did planet hulk with rag mixed with ragnarok right 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 um, So i think it's got to be something with world war hulk
0: okay whoa. I think, but,
1: but i also think that if it's a car there it's involved maybe it has something to do with scar
0: yeah like as a son right Oh, cool. I don't know how that
1: worked out time-wise, because, you know, it was only a couple years ago. uh, But I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, so that brings up another point, too. Um, So, obviously, the MCU, it's, like, ahead of us in time, right? And um, I was having to, to like, do some research to be like, okay, well, when when does this show take place? Like, what year are we up to right now? And so they say that it takes place during the events of Shang-Chi. And then I looked up Shang-Chi, and it said that that's 2024. So, like, after the blip, they say five years later, and, um, you know, it's a couple – it's at least two years ahead of us. If we are going with the idea of World War Hulk and him having a son, then, I mean, the son would be maybe at least five years old then, right? Or be, well, yeah,
1: yeah. you got to think, too, that, that I, I don't remember how they aged him in the comic. Yeah. they he's a pretty much full – I mean, he's at least a, a high-level high teens, if not older. Yeah. Um, there's got to be something – I mean, I don't know if they'll do time travel or I have no idea what they can do. <laughs> yep. of space stuff. Maybe he's maybe he's half some alien that ages fast. I don't know. Right.
2: Um, could be... They'll do the,
1: any combination. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, they'll do the invincible thing and it'll be like, he's half this other race and that race, you know, ages fast, yeah. you know?
2: there you go.
0: Um, but, you know, with the MCU timeline, right? Like, there's a line in the show where... He says, "I've been doing this for like fifteen years. I've been working. I've been dealing with this problem for fifteen years. And if you look at the Edward Norton Hulk movie that came out in two thousand eight, and that's like uh, what fourteen years ago, then
1: right?" Uh, see, I was confused by that because I, I thought he said I've been dealing with with this for ten years, but his plan to train She Hulk was going to be fifteen years. So uh, I, I was a little confused by that, but I could I also could be wrong about that
0: yeah maybe I'm off. I thought he said that he's been dealing with it for fifteen years, and then he he did say ten years about something else too but, but uh, like
1: fifteen years sounds more right to me, I think
0: yeah and see, I kind of like that fifteen year thing because like I know that in the comics they always kind of keep it like that the MCU or the Marvel universe is just like essentially like ten years give or take i li- I like that you know um and it's, it's just kind of cool to think that like this stuff has been going. On. I mean the first Iron Man movie came out in two thousand eight. And now they're essentially in 2024, so you know, the the world has definitely changed. It's definitely like evolved. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny because like they had the blip, and then we had COVID, and it's like you know they don't cross over. But yeah, yeah. So um, well, okay. Tell tell me what you liked about this show then, okay?
1: Um, so that's the thing is I really did enjoy the show. I thought I, I laughed at most of the things. I I really thought Tatiana Maslany was was great. I did think the CJI looked pretty decent. Um, and, but I don't really, I don't know how to review comedic things. Like, I don't yeah. Know how you, oh, ah, that, that joke was funny or something like that. Like, I don't know how to critically analyze this. I, I mean, I, I could sum up this episode of the show, you know, with plot wise in like two or three lines, you know? Um, yeah. Really, you know, blood, tra- blood, blood transfusion or whatever. Uh, happens. She becomes Hulk. She trains to be help Trains her. That, that's it. um Well,
0: you, you know the it, thing is, is that like it. You don't really see live reactions or live reviews of comedy shows, right? It's it's pretty much always like sci-fi, horror, fantasy, whatever, mystery. Yeah, it's it's hard to review comedy because you know it's like do the jokes land? And I think that that is a way to judge if a movie is a successful comedy or not. Like they don't really make comedies anymore. You know, they just kind of like really infuse action movies and superhero movies with comedy. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I can tell when something fails and I feel like for me, a lot of the jokes fell flat. I actually did like that post-credit joke where she's like, Steve Rogers Fox, or whatever. Like, I thought that was funny. Um, and, and I did like that one joke where she's like, you know, constant fear and anger. That's like a, a woman's default state or whatever she said. Like, I thought that was funny too. Um, and I, I like their bar, and they were kind of gross with their, like, just drinking and burping so much when
1: Fruits <laughs> bar. Yeah, I was, I'll was. i agree with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, You know, it's funny because, like, one of the main things that people have criticized the show was about the CGI, which you said you thought was good. A lot of people compared it to Shrek. You know, the, the, the commercial for the show popped on, and my wife and my daughter saw it, and they were like, hey,
1: look, they look like Shrek, you
0: know, so I, I don't know.
1: It, yeah, I mean, I will say it, it, it is a little weird, I think. Um, I don't know if it's because they're reusing something they've already used in the movie, but I, I think Hulk it does look a little better than She-Hulk.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know why. It's not like a huge, huge difference to me, but maybe, maybe slightly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's just the face, the facial animations really is what gets me. Um, yeah. The, the arms, the butt, the muscles, and all that, I think that works fine. Yeah. It's fairly even. Uh, but something about the face – the face looks a little better with Bruce for some reason. You
0: know what it is? It's it's um, his eyes. Mark Ruffalo's eyes as the Hulk, they're kind of like little beady eyes, and I feel like you can see the, the white better. When it's Tatiana Mislani, it's kind of like the eyes, they all kind of blend together. It seems like just kind of like one color. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's definitely – her eyes versus his eyes there's something going on there that's different i i, I don't know but it, it it's not that much of a issue to where it makes me dislike the show and and you know honestly i like her she's she's definitely charming i just you know i just kind of told you my main issues um with the show basically i i don't like the idea of like oh well she's just like way better than hulk like i was thinking that she could feel super confident and be like, Oh, I'm so much better than Hulk. But then a, a good like twist then would be that when she goes back to the courtroom, then she like fucks up, you know, like maybe she loses her temper in the courtroom and starts smashing things or like, she just has a problem. Like, like, dramatically you want to see a character that's so like, I'm so awesome. Look how confident I am. You want to see them, you know, how comeuppance and then they have to kind of recover from it. You know, but in, in this last scene, you, you know, uh, T- Titania is the woman that attacks, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Titania. Whatever, I don't
0: yeah. Know. yeah. So she comes in, just like She-Hulk lays her out, and it's like not a big problem, and she puts on her shoes. I thought that was a cool little, like, moment, the way that it was shot, but yes. I wanted to see her fail, and then, like, the To Be Continued was going to be like, oh, shit, I guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. Let me
1: work on that, you know? Um. Yeah. I, I, I think that the show is going to be more lawyery, Yeah. dramedy kind of thing. Yeah. I think we're just trying to fast forward through it. Um, okay. I no problem. I, I have no problem with, she doesn't want to be a superhero. She, she doesn't, she's not trained to be a superhero or anything like that. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind that she got this quickly. It, it doesn't bother me. I, I don't know. Um, it's I don't know if I want to watch nine episodes of an origin, really, I, I guess like that. Yes, uh, yes. Clearly have something else in mind, some other uh, plot or, or overarching story uh, that we haven't really gotten to yet. And um, I, I'd rather reserve judgment until we see more.
0: Okay, look, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, they keep comparing this show to Allie McBeal, and they're saying that, like, you know, it's not necessarily like a superhero show, it's like Allie McBeal. The, the two shows that I saw them compare, um, when um, the showrunner, let me just I gotta look at her name one more time. Her name is uh Jessica Gao. When she pitched this show, it, it's kind of interesting, So I just want to kind of tell this to our audience. I thought this was real interesting, but she pitched um, Shang Chi to the, the uh, people at Marvel, and she pitched um, a Black Widow movie. And her Black Widow movie was essentially like a She-Hulk movie, but just like Black Widow was in it. And um, when she finally, eventually pitched this show, she compared it to two other shows, Better Call Saul, which is about a lawyer, right? And then uh, Fleabag, which has a main character, who's a woman who breaks the fourth wall all the time, right? And um, I love both of those fucking shows so much. Oh, there's Uh, my wife from the peanut gallery. She's like, you're trying to tell me (laughs) she hoax like that. It's not as good as that. Okay, baby. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't have the context, unfortunately. I have not watched Better Call Saul. Um, I never finished Breaking Bad either. And um, uh, I've never seen Fleabag. Uh, I actually don't even know what it's about, to be honest.
0: (laughs) It's it's really good. I mean, it's this British show and whatever. But like... um, there's one thing i wanted to address that you said that i really liked i I did like the fact that she's like i don't want to be a superhero i just want to have my regular life i i enjoy being a lawyer i don't want to like and and i I did like that whole conflict there where bruce is like hey you are a superhero now you have this power you have to be a superhero and she's like i don't want that i would just want to have my life i that's a great little dynamic to riff on in that first episode
1: yeah, and I think it, it will come into play uh, about her taking on somewhat of a more heroic role as the show goes on.
0: Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Um, Dan Slott, who, you know, wrote like so much Spider-Man, and, he, and I'm, I'm reading his Fantastic Four comics right now. When he took over She-Hulk, the comic, he, he wanted it to be like, okay, we're just going to see what it's like for courtroom drama with superheroes. We're going to see what, you know, when people have superpowers, what does that look like when they go to court? And I think that's what the show is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that that is the last we're going to see of Mark Ruffalo in the show?
1: Uh, I think we've probably seen the most most of it of what he'll be in the show. I, I wouldn't rule out him showing up again, but I think it won't be that much of an episode. Yeah, that's. I
0: feel the exact same way. Yeah. So, uh, did you have anything else to say about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law?
1: Uh, no, I'm. I'm just looking forward to it. I guess that's all.
0: Yeah, I love the title. By the way, a, a normal amount of rage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
2: good title. That's great.
0: All right. Well, I don't have a lot of rage about Paper Girls. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of sad that it's done. I've thoroughly enjoyed that show. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh, I I really liked it a lot too. Um, I I, I like it so much that I actually reread the entire comic series today.
2: <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank God. Not-
1: so uh and, and uh, i'm in the middle of doing you know work around the house and, and stuff i read a bunch of comics <laughs>
0: ah perfect perfect so then you can like correct anything I, I say about the comic and you can reference things in the comic perfect yes just like when we uh watched the boys and you read the boys' comics. Yes.
1: well but this is super fresh in my mind it's only 30 issues so it's a lot more condensed um so hopefully i'll remember more and be more accurate
0: <laughs> all right perfect okay so let's jump into um episode five then which is entitled a new period and here we are two middle-aged men talking about 12 year old girls and their periods we've it's come to this
1: Yes, right um, and it, we've had a lot of a lot of girl power lately you know yes we did marvel we were doing chill we we're doing paper girls um and yeah it it, it it makes sense you know had you told me that this was going to happen before we reviewed any of those shows i'm like Oh, maybe we shouldn't do this, but you right. know what? We're here, and, and I think we, we can do this good.
0: So, so what I'm going to say about that directly is Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, this show, th- this scene with the girls where Erin has her first period, and then Mac has to go steal some pads or, or tampons. She kind of steals both from the convenience store. That was so much more of an authentic scene of, like, women interacting with each other and just, like, dealing with, like, real-life issues. I I thought that was probably one of the best scenes I've seen in any of these comic book shows in the past year.
1: Yeah, I I think this was probably the standout scene of the entire series, to be perfectly honest. Holy Um, shit, wow. Yeah, the the dialogue was was fantastic. It was, um, you know, it it, it was meaningful. It was funny. Um, It it just, they hit it out of the park with that. And that's not something that really came from the comic. um, That's right uh it it, someone does have their period in the comic but it wasn't erin it was kj and it's kind of minor it's just kind of like it happened and they just mention it like once it wasn't a whole scene or anything like that uh it it takes place in a totally different setting than where the girls are currently uh in the in the show so um you know there wasn't a store around at the time i'll I'll just leave it at that for now um yeah but i I feel like what, what this show is doing is um capitalizing on the human element which i think was what mo- we mentioned last time and i think what most adaptations really do they, they take the human elements of it, the interpersonal relationship the personal drama and that's how they sell the show and you know and then they'll inject whatever weirdness they can from the source material um the book is a lot weirder than the show Yeah, um, i have I, I i like both a lot i really do um, yeah but I, I wouldn't be lying if I if I you know didn't miss some of the weirder stuff that they I feel like they've kind of skipped over and I hope they don't completely. Actually, I, I'm I don't want we'll we'll get to this this, this later. But uh, there's one like major major plot point that I'm wondering if they're going to completely eliminate. Mm-hmm,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and that that revolves around uh, there's a point where they go they're in like B.C. like 11,000 B.C. or something like that. Right, we're really going to do that and show the the, the two characters there, who are Wari and Japo, um, and knowing that they they're pretty central to the plot, I'm wondering if they're not going to show them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how successful the show is. Like, if they're going to have a budget for this show, if it's going to continue on, we'll see. I, I, I have those same kind of thoughts myself too. Um, I, I, there was one last thing I wanted to say about the whole period thing on this show is that pretty much any time the period is mentioned on, like, a show or a movie, especially if it's, like, a genre thing, it's always a scene where there's, like, a male author- authoritative figure and a female character, and she has to, like, get past him or get into some area or something, and she's like, I have a woman problem, and then the guy always goes, like, acts a little awkward and lets her by. And that's that kind of low hanging fruit kind of stuff that I was talking about with She-Hulk, where it's just like, you know, oh, this again, I've seen this like, OK, they don't do anything like that. That's not even an issue in the show at all. It's like they, they just have to deal with the practical stuff of we need to get these items or we don't even know how to use these items. And just their interaction, their dialogue is trying to figure it out. I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed very authentic. Obviously, we don't have that experience um, personally, but it yeah. seems authentic and it just felt very real yes uh, like if, if people if four 12 year old girls were in that situation that's very possibly how it might go
0: yes yes wait till we cover a show where they're talking about guys having to get their prostates checked we will be all over that shit
1: oh you, there, there's a fantastic letter kenny episode about that oh okay all right all right well there you go but oh, there's a whole episode dedicated to that and it is amazing
0: See, see, that's where our, our life is—that we have our common bond with our comics, and then you always mention this fucking Letter Kenny show, and then I mention all my weird shit, and we're both just like, "Hey, that sounds good. I, I guess I don't know, you yeah. know?"
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's you know it's everybody. There's there's too many shows out there. Everybody can't watch all the same shows. Totally get right. it. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so what the, channel? If you a show trade. Maybe we'll do that. You know, I'll watch something you you say. You watch something I say. Okay, I like that. You know, do so what is that? Is that on Hulu? What is that on? It's on Hulu, yes.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, coming up, because I, I kind of want to watch Sandman and maybe even throw Sandman in with the She-Hulk stuff. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out off camera. Yeah. But um, besides Sandman, I also want to watch that show, The Rehearsal, that's on HBO Max. And then I want to watch uh, the fucking, what's it called? The Bear? Have you
1: heard of either of those? I've seen Yeah, The Bear's on Hulu, too. I keep seeing uh, commercials for it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah um but anyway, going back to um paper girls though so that that first episode has a very dramatic shift right there's like two deaths like right away in the before the opening credits i think and you know that guy larry is killed by a mech and then um Aaron is killed by a, a mech adult Aaron, she like sacrifices herself and blows up um so you just said you read the comic that guy larry isn't in the comic right
1: no um so what i'm I'm pretty sure that um larry seems to be kind of like the stand-in for charlotte the 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 comic artist i can't remember her last name already i forgot um and i think his mom visually looks like that character okay so I, I, i it's clear to me that that's kind of what they were going for there okay um and uh she does she doesn't die. I think she gets um a, 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 what is it what is the word a, a, ablution yeah uh, and, uh, I think that that just happens to her. I'm not sure if she dies or not, but after her scenes are done, you don't see her again in the comic. Uh,
2: okay
1: Erin does not die.
0: that's what I thought that's what I thought. Um,
1: and it's funny too because like Erin actually has like a like a really good relationship with her sister as an adult. So I'm very curious as to why they took that route. Maybe it was to kind of capitalize on the you know Erin, young Erin is seeing herself as older and just not being where she wanted to or where she thought she'd be. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely a big thing in this show here. Um, we obviously see uh, Tiff go through that too in the in in the so far. Um, yeah. Uh, but but in the comic, they really only do meet adult Aaron and then a, like a slightly you know twenty uh, something Tiff. They don't obviously they can't meet another Mac probably. Right. Um, there there is there is briefly an older KJ, but it's towards the end and just doesn't have very many lines. It's actually a clone, believe it or not. It's not even the real one. Um, so oh, yeah 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 this this clones in this uh and i'm, yeah. like, I'm curious if we're gonna do that too because that's kind of a big part of it yeah um, but they all the stuff that they're basically doing uh you know going to their houses and the, the whole scene with the party not stuff from the comics um the very first episode where they're delivering the papers that's pretty like pretty like page for page shot for shot almost honestly yeah uh, beyond that it, it's they're leaning into the relationships They're leaning into that shock of seeing yourself in what you're like in the future. Yeah. Um, I don't think is, is, it's definitely a part of the comic, but it's not as, as relevant as the, as the show makes it.
2: Yes.
0: But you know what? Honestly, I actually really love that. And I think that like, if you were going to adapt this into a TV show, that's the way to go. I mean, I love,
2: love that. Go ahead.
1: I agree with that, but I actually always think of um, I, I always think of think of that almost as a negative. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I do love the show, but okay. I, I like weird stuff, and I always think think of uh, to, to, to pare it down. I think of Transformers, the the live action Transformers movies. Okay, what I want to see in those movies is I, I just want to see robots. I don't want right, to see right, right, right. What sold those movies to, to 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 executives and people, whatever, are the human parts of it. I don't care about that, and that's really what this is: is that that them going for the more mundane stuff is having humans in transformers movies. So no. I not think of it like that. Um, I don't think it's as extreme, really. Here, I, I I do think it's they're they're hitting they're they're hitting these points very hard and very well. I think, but yes, I yes. what drew me to this comic was uh, other than the the creative team was that it's a weird fucking image comic, you know? I love these weird sci-fi things, and this is less sci-fi than... A lot less sci-fi than um, the comic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like, Brian K. Vaughn, and we said this in the last episode, Brian K. Vaughn is very unique, and one of the things that makes him unique, besides his, like, really amazing last-page cliffhangers, is um, he likes to throw random weird stuff at us very abruptly like grant morrison is you know another bald comic book guy or person right and uh grant morrison throws weird shit at us all the time too however brian k vaughn kind of always does it like like a punch in your face right away like it's usually like the opening page is like a really fucking weird thing and then you kind of go through the comic graham morrison is just like everything's fucking weird from the first page to the last page you know yes. um but with brian k Vaughan, he hits you with that weird shit right away right in the first page and then he like normalizes it to where even though there's weird stuff it's always like just everyday life and that's what saga really is right and that's what this kind of is too but um I, I know exactly what you're saying with the weirdness like that's his his shtick
1: i i yeah. have to really compliment your um analogy there or, or your description of that that fucking nails like every k one comic i've ever read like with a T. yeah i am just really thought of that but that is such a perfect description
0: thank you thank you so much yeah yeah i'm just i'm a huge huge fan of his work he's like pretty much if he has something out, it's like oh i'm going to enjoy this it pretty yeah, much right
1: I, I also have to second the um the cliffhangers in the comic are nuts. Right. And and I'm pretty sure too, that they did this. They took a little hiatus between each arc, just like much like saga. I don't think it was as long, but something like that. So you read a cliffhanger at the end of, you know, the five issue arc and you were like, I got to wait two, three months for the next issue. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I think uh, that's kind of a detriment for the comic too. I think is that, um, you know, those gaps, Uh, This was 30 issues across from 2016 to 2019. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I guess if that's the case, they couldn't have been that many months off. There's 36 months, 30 issues. It's only six months off, I guess, give or take. Um, uh, Well, I I guess my point was, is that this is a a dense story with a lot of things to keep track of. And um, it's it's hard to follow if you're reading this month to month, I think. Um, But reading it all together, it's a lot easier to... Uh, keep everything together um, it's a lot more enjoyable uh, I, I think and uh, I just contradict myself with the whole binging versus you know weekly shows uh, argument that I always side on uh,
0: right but see I think that that is it's all about format right because I think that a comic book ultimately could be just like a graphic novel that's split into issues right yeah. whereas like a tv show there is that kind of that padding that a lot of these shows do. And um y- you compared this to Transformers before with um the idea of like focusing on the humans where it's like you're there for the robots. I think that the kind of the most notorious thing I always see is like CW stuff, right? Where they'll put in that that one superhero element that you're there for. You're like, oh, there's doomsday, or like, oh, it's in Christ on infinite earths. But then there's like so much just like they
1: want a girlfriend. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's all this like,
1: which is literally what Smallville did.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's just episode after episode of all this relationship stuff. The the difference between this and that kind of show is that it's just like it it almost could be its own thing, and it's just about girls from the past meeting their future selves, and that's it. And none of this other weird time war shit, right? And I think that like. Th- th- this one episode, um, I think it's not that same episode. It's a different one. Oh, no, it is that episode. It's the one where they go to see KJ's family. And she meets yeah. her uh, future self. I mean, she doesn't meet her. She meets her future self's girlfriend, Lauren, right? That was so fucking great, too. Because Lauren describes, like, Stanley Kubrick movies and, like, the experience of going to see them. And she exp- explains, like, meeting KJ, the adult KJ. And then you have this thing where... Twelve-year-old KJ eventually has the experience that adult KJ has, and it, like it's 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 so interesting to see like these young girls having these like moments that they're supposed to have later in life, but they're having them early because of the circumstances. And I think that's a very unique thing. Like I don't really think I've seen that happen in many movies. Yeah. This
1: um this is something that I, I felt that uh, so in the comic, um how, how KJ experiences that she thinks she's a lesbian is she gets like a flash of like information of the future. She gets like a a couple little just flashes of images that that things are going to happen soon. And one of them is her and Mac kissing on a rooftop. Um, I think the way the show handled it is a lot more interesting and a lot more relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of love that. She was about to ask uh, when they actually saw them after they saw the movie, um, She's basically going to ask, like, when did you know you were a lesbian? And then she turns into, when did you know you were a film critic? And then they kind of use Kubrick movies as a analogy for coming out. And I, I, I thought that worked really, really well. Yeah. And that was a really great scene that um, that was not really present in the comics.
2: Yes. Which is an
1: example of, of again, I playing up that human element, the interpersonal relationships, the, the, the feelings and emotions of these characters. Um, but at the same time, I want my weird sci-fi shit. <laughs> well if they don't do that to saga then i think we're okay but yeah i, I so yeah I, I think i said i think i said when we were in obi-wan there was some weird squid face guy or something like i'm like there was a guy in saga like that you can do it but I, I, <laughs> I, i'm, I'm kind of nervous on uh, like they have to keep saga weird they have to oh yeah yeah like, it, it needs to be they, they can't humanize it that much i mean there's a lot of humanization in that obviously it's just this, this young girl's feelings about things and growing yeah. up in a weird fucking sci fi world. Right. Um, but there's so much weird fucking shit in that, and they need to stick to that.
0: <laughs> yes. As long as they have, you know, robot princes with television heads and there is like gay porn on the television screen ejaculating, that'll be great for Amazon Prime or whatever it's going to take fucking
1: yeah hey, I mean, what they got away with so they got away with, with, the, with the, uh, the boys. I think they've.
0: On. yeah no kidding no kidding no kidding yeah yeah so i mean we'll see that that i'm looking forward to that whenever that comes out but um i was gonna say going back to the girls themselves the paper girls um we've talked about tiff a bit i mean not tiff we talked about uh kj and we talked about aaron um i think that tiff the actress that plays Tiff, I think she actually gives the best performance, in my opinion. Like, I, I like her performance the best.
1: Young Tiff, or or middle, or teenage, or twenty something Tiff. Twelve year old. I know they, they were both fantastic, actually, but
0: yeah, twelve um, year old Tiff for me.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, uh, she, yeah. She has she has this this kind of eager, go getter attitude. Um, you know, her whole thing is that she wants to go to MIT. You know, you, you see, you kind of see that a little bit in the first episodes where, you know, she's talking about her walkie-talkies and all that, how proud of them she, she is and and all that. Um, and then, you know, uh, again, they they really play into meeting uh, her, her future self and just not being where she thought or wanted to be and not understanding uh, that sometimes, sometimes things you expect don't really feel like you expect them to, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like a lot of the things that she, that, a lot of the bombs they drop on young, young Tiff in here are things that her character just knows in the comics. Like she, she, like she casually mentions that she knows she is adopted. Like there's never, uh, there was not a surprise or anything like that. Um, there is a surprise with, uh, with her college choice thing. So, uh, I, I think like middle age 20 something Tiff. I don't want to say middle age because middle age is like thirty. She's like twenty something. Twenty seventeen yeah. doesn't go to MIT. She goes to like some school uh, in New York instead, and it's for like business, and um, and the whole, the whole thing uh from, from the earlier episodes where she finds that in, in twenty nineteen, uh, she worked at something called the Quilkin Institute. Yeah, that is not something from the comics. That is something different, and I think that's gonna that's another. Th- but that's something that plays into why I think they're going to potentially erase the whole prehistoric storyline portion uh, of the comic and rewrite it there. Because in the past, in addition to the characters of um, Wari and Japo, there's this the, – the they meet the scientist who invents time travel uh, whose name is Dr. Uh, – is it Dr. Quanta Bronstein? Something like that. Yeah. So they're implying that – Tiff is going to invent time travel, based on uh, the events of the show. Where in the comic, is she, that is not something she she does. But the but both young Tiff and twenty something Tiff both kind of geek out that a woman created time travel. So um, that kind of keeps in line with what the show is, is, is doing. Okay.
0: Oh man, you gave me such a refresher there because I completely forgot about that woman time traveler that yeah. goes back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that like they're setting it up so that it's like she invents time travel, and it's yeah. like maybe like a little loop or whatever that is created. Um, so, yeah. Wow. There's so, so much I forgot about the comic. That just kind of gave me like yeah, a big. There's there. a
1: lot I, I forgot to like. This just blown through today. I, I remembered a lot of the earlier stuff, but the later stuff, where it gets a lot more confusing, uh, I was a lot fuzzier on. So yeah. Um, and so far they're it's weird that they're they're kind of like taking stuff from like the third and fourth arcs already. Yeah, um, that's when they run into to Tiff to Tiff actually. Um, yeah, the third storylining and the second storyline is the whole um, prehistoric portion.
0: Well, you know, we should talk about like the, the stuff that actually is weird. That you know, they do have that kind of that war with the um, there's the old watch in this show. And then, um, you know, the resistance guys, Jason Mazukis, Mazzoukas, Mantzoukas, he's grandfather. Yeah. I, I know you are a big fan of how did this get made?
1: Love how did this get made? Yes. Uh, I think, I still think this is inspired casting. Um, looks exact, looks in, he, he absolutely is grandfather. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know, I this guy look like Mantzoukas. Um, Although maybe at the time, yeah, no, he would have looked, he would have been looking like that already. Sort of with the, the more grayish hair yeah um, yeah I, I I think it's very very fitting to have him there um his shirt game is exactly on point with what the comic is he just wears old music shirts all the time um you know often hip-hop shirts um and yeah it, it, it great cast in there. Um, I want to correct something we, we mentioned the last time too uh so the uh, prayers is a character in the comic sure. and but she's in a very very short amount of time. Okay. She does seem to be rather rather important, but she's maybe in I don't know two or three issues and she dies. Okay. Um, she actually dies in a mech battle, uh, uh, against the 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 Hack and Naldo and the, the, their third compatriot, who they I guess they didn't put it in the show. Okay. Um. So uh, it's interesting that they had her so prominent in the in the show, uh, being how how little she was actually in the comic and. The, uh, the guy that, that uh, is, does KJ kill the guy or who, who killed yeah, the guy?
0: Yeah, KJ, he hockey stick.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. So that, that guy's name is Alistair and, uh, he, he is in the comic. He's basically is, is only in, 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 for that and, uh, at another point, but, um, c- kind of equal lengths of their, their appearances in, in the comic. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I, I kind of had that idea that Prioris wasn't
0: that, like, big a deal in the comic. It just, you know, it was hard to remember her.
1: Yeah, no, I think what I think we said that they gender-bet someone, but essentially, no. Like, Alistair was pretty on point. Well, I don't know that they named him in the show that or not, but that's pretty much how much he was in it. He does come back later, because it's, you know, in a, a scene from something that hasn't happened yet. But Prioris is barely, barely in it. Um, and and it is more of a character that kind of comes up with grandfather and is kind of like a, like a, one of his uh, closest confidants, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what I didn't like about progress in the uh, last episode in episode eight is that she's just like, she seems like she's like totally devoted to the cause for the whole series, this ruthless kind of tracker devoted to the cause. And then at the very end, it's like, Oh, she actually hates the cause and she helps the girls escape. And it's like, you were trying to capture them the whole show. And now, you know, you're going to let them.
1: I think what they did there is they combined um, early on. There is a clone of Aaron that comes uh, that finds them in, uh, in the the abandoned mall. And there is a scene where uh, they find KJ's field hockey stick. And it says, don't trust other Aaron. And you're kind of wondering if, what side that character is actually on and you do find out more later but i think they kind of combined that into prioris. okay and that's why they had her turn or or it kind of helped them yeah sort
0: of- well you know like the way that she went out i thought was pretty cool like i mean the fact that like they use those like kind of bugs to heal her up and then jason Manzukis. Turned them off, and then she bled out. I thought that was really that—that's sort of a unique kill. I thought,
1: yeah, that it was—it was definitely dramatic. Um, you, you can tell that it, it was hard for him to do that too.
0: Yeah, right, uh, right, right. They right.
1: were close, at least.
0: Um, yeah.
2: So, so
1: is there any talk of a season two so far? Haven't heard anything yet. Um, I don't know how. I think Amazon tends to tends to uh, announce renewals like like a couple weeks after uh, the the episodes drop. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully we'll hear something in the next week or two, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because it, it just did come out recently, but it's that thing where they just dump it all in one shot. So it feels like it was like way long ago, but I think it was only like two weeks ago, right, that it came yeah. out?
1: Yeah. Um. I. What worries me, though, is that when I was looking for the episodes to, to watch um, this morning, I, I finished the, the last two this morning. Yeah. Um, it's kind of buried in there like, like a yeah. uh, little carousel yeah yeah uh, if you go to the originals uh, like it, it's pretty deep in there i don't i didn't see any banners for it you still see banners for the boys um uh, so i'm 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 wondering uh, i'm just wondering if, if people watched it or not uh, i didn't really see much talk about it
0: yeah yeah but
1: I, I really think it's a it's a really well cast well written show yeah i think I, I hope more people give it a chance i i really do hope we get a season two uh because we got a decent cliffhanger and, yeah and um and you know, you know, we don't even know where two of the characters ended up. Yeah. And um, and the the two we do follow uh, end up somewhere that didn't the, the, they didn't end up in the comic. Right. I was thinking that too. Yeah. They end up in like the '60s, right? Uh, it's the '70s, because I, I think um with with the David Bowie song and the the movie is it the Longest Yard. It's like seventy four or seventy five or something like that.
0: Oh, okay. I couldn't remember which Bowie song it was either.
1: Uh, I actually had, I guess I had closed captioning on. I don't know why. So, so it said, David Bowie's Golden Years plays.
0: <laughs> oh, Golden Years. Okay, okay. I love Golden Years. I, yeah, I, I couldn't remember which song it was from the last time I watched it. And, I, and then, uh,
1: yeah, it's like, yeah, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one. Um, yeah, I, I really, really dug the show. I would love to do a ranking with you. Not tonight, but like, you know, you know we always rank our MCU movies. It'd be cool to just rank all the shows that we've covered. And I'd oh. like to see like where this falls. Right. Yeah. We've covered oh. I mean we've covered at least eight Marvel shows. Um, Young Justice, you know, we covered this, The Boys, tons of shit, you know. would just like to see where this would fit into that ranking. But for me, this show would be pretty high in our ranking.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um maybe
1: when, about that.
0: Yeah. Maybe when uh we finish She Hulk, we could do like a ranking of what we've yeah, watched so definitely. far.
1: Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Young Justice, and I have to say, I keep reading that they're they're like there are no plans for season five, and I'm just like so bummed. Um, Me too. And I just bought the the the, the tie in comic, uh, which which does actually take place after the end of Phantoms. Uh, yeah. So I haven't read it yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to reading it.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, that's probably what's just going to end up happening is that they're just going to do like some kind of comic to finish the series off. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, pretty lame. Yeah, all that Warner Brothers shit. That's like we could do a whole episode on just the Warner Brothers shit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean apparently they're saying that that Peacemaker's good for season 2. Nice. Um, they said uh, the the um the, the Green Lantern show is still a go and possibly even Colin Farrell's penguin show is still is still green. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Uh and they t- all, I also read that a lot of people are speculating that they may actually allow titans and doom patrol to air their fourth seasons and then can them after that so okay i, I, hope, I hope that happens yeah i really don't want more repeats of batgirl I no I, I really don't like it um and I, I really just i i hope we get to see this stuff
0: yeah yeah i i love me some doom patrol and if they have filmed it i would love to finish it off you know yeah yeah cool yeah. Well, that brings our discussion to a close for tonight. Brian and I will be back next week with She-Hulk. Maybe a little Sandman. I don't know. We'll talk about it. But we're definitely going to do She-Hulk episode two next week. We're going up to uh, Andor, which is coming out in September. And so uh, we got to get our Disney Plus fix in the, in there. Uh, I recently recorded a podcast episode with uh, Mike Bongiorno on his show, Pop Culture Man-Children, where I talked about Masters of the Universe Revelation Brian and I covered that whole show on here. If you guys want to check that out on here, but you can always go check out um, pop culture, man children. Cause I, I think that episode came out really well. Check that out um, on the Lacer cast. There's interviews with horror writers that we've been doing. Uh, Danny and I are going to be covering this movie glorious this weekend. If you guys watch movies on shutter, um, but that is pretty much it. And then of course, like Brian mentioned at the very beginning, we talked about Prey. I bet you guys liked that movie. You can check out our, our review of Prey on the Lacer cast too. But if you have not liked and subscribed, please do. And we want to know what you guys thought about She-Hulk, too. So did you like it? Did you not? Do you agree with me? Do you agree with Brian? Um,
2: so anyway, we will talk to you guys next Thursday night for She-Hulk Episode 2.